Friday, May 11th at the Doubletree Hotel in Ontario, California, Thompson Boxing was celebrating their 18-year anniversary. And yours truly was calling the action. Uh, Steve Kim had to travel to New York to cover the Lomachenko card, and they needed a guy to fill that slot. Beto Duran is the blow-by-blow -blow guy, but uh, Steve Kim is in there as kind of the technical guy, the, the color commentator that also adds, you know, technical uh, advice, and, or not advice, uh, technical breakdowns and things like that. They needed that guy. So Steve recommended me, and I'd worked with Thompson Boxing before. Boom, that was it. I told you guys uh, my suit was packed and everything, so I had to go to Men's Warehouse to rent a suit. They were not able to tailor it. Low wide. It was low wide. huge. Low wide. Yeah. And they told me that was the slim fit. Oh, no. No, that was not. So in the I shoulders, mean, it fit. for a 300 pounder, but. <laughs> it looked like it worked for Tyson Fury, you know what I'm saying? But if you guys see me on the intro shot with Beto Duran, we're standing up. There was only one stand-up <laughs> shot. The rest of it, we were sitting down. But I, I, I'll get a copy of it. It's only like a few minutes, and I'll, I'll put it up on the channel. But uh, you'll see that the suit, it, it looks like a zoot suit. It, I yeah, look like an absolute it, idiot. Other than that, it was a lot of fun. The thing man. is, you did an excellent job. It was a good card. Everybody really had a great time. But I mean, you did an excellent job, man. Uh, Thank it, you, brother. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. you. And, and a few of you guys were watching live on the stream on Facebook. And some people came in person, though. Oh yeah, we it was the ballroom got full. For I mean for the first there was five fights. For the first fight, there wasn't hardly anybody in there. But by the main by the co-main really, it was filled up. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We went out with some friends afterwards. I ended up at Denny's uh, across the street because everything else was too busy. But great night. Went to bed at maybe three o'clock. But anyway, um, it was a lot of fun. It, it, those of you who interacted, some people from the channel interacted with yeah. us on Facebook during the live broadcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, in the main event, Roberto Arriaza uh, wins a 10-round unanimous decision over Juan Ruiz, improves to 17-0 with 13 knockouts. He's now rated number nine at welterweight by the WBO. Possibly could fight Giovanni Santillan, who I think is out of San Diego, uh, later this year for a WBO welterweight title eliminator. Thompson Boxing reps both of those fighters. So they're trying to work with the WBO to get that worked out. I think Santillan is ranked by the WBO like in the top 15. So if that works out, that'll be a great, great fight for Thompson Boxing. But 18 years as a small club promoter putting on small club shows, and you guys might not realize this, but uh, they had Jose Cito Lopez. They had Tim Bradley. Tim Bradley's Tim first Bradley. world title when he went over and fought Junior Witter in the UK. Thompson Boxing was representing him Did at that point. Did they not point. have uh, Areola? They had Chris Areola Chris for like Areola? six fights, I think. Five or six fights early in his career. They've had guys who have gone on to win titles. Uh, you know, overlooked talent here in, in the SoCal area. And this Arriaza kid's from Nicaragua. They've moved him here, and now he's training here in L.A. ton of potential. One thing i got to say about Thompson Boxing is uh, when I first moved to L.A., I was living in the Wilmington neighborhood, and they have just around the corner from where I was at, uh, off of the PCH, was a tire shop, but it was owned by the Thompson. Ken Thompson, family. yeah. Yeah, and uh, they had advertisements for, you know, Thompson Boxing. So I actually, it was like right when I first moved here, I was by myself, I didn't know anybody. You know, my brother's way up here. I was way down on the south end. Um, but they put on a car, local, there in Wilmington. And I just went and I just paid the little, you know, 20 bucks or whatever and went and saw the fight. And I mean, it was actually, so, man, it, it, and you didn't even know them at that point. So, I mean, it was just really cool how it just kind of, man, it's a good company. It's a good group. It's good people to support. They, it, they, you know, they really take here. care of their people. Yeah. I, I'll just, say this, man. They, they I'm put, definitely a fan. 
They that, put, that's what I mean. They put me and Tiff up at the Doubletree, which was a really nice place. They fed us, you know, it, it paid, you know, it, like I don't do I don't do free work anymore to follow up <laughs> on what me and Tiff were talking about earlier. Um, and, you know, some t I've done gigs with other platforms where I had to put in an invoice and I had to wait six weeks to get these guys. I walked in. Boom. Here's your check. Here's your per diem. Here's your meal, <laughs> you know, be here at this time. Everything was set up. They're so professional. And like you were saying, man, they have a built-in kind of uh, history in this community. Yeah, yeah. And people, it was interesting because this was out in Ontario. And as I said, you know, early on, because we started going around 8 o'clock, the place wasn't filled up. But by about 10 o'clock, the place was full. And you could tell it was just locals from the community that, hey, it's Friday night, let's go see some fights, and then let's go out afterward and go to, you know, get a drink or something. Yeah. That's, that's who was there. And it was just this really, really cool family-like atmosphere there, man. Great experience. And it was actually fun fights. Also, Friday night at the Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall in Las Vegas, Mayweather Promotions did a PBC on Bounce special. Tony Harrison wins a split decision over Ishe Smith. Scores were 97-92, 96-93, nine, and one judge had it 95-94 for Ishe Smith. Yeah. That judge is a moron. Uh, Harrison clearly won the fight. Yeah. Harrison's out of Detroit. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, you know, he's I like a homeboy. Him for that. Clearly won the fight. He dropped Smith in the third. It was a flash knockdown. He buzzed him in the eighth round. Here's the thing, though, man. Is Harrison an elite level fighter? No. Right. I mean, I. He, but we need guys no. like this in this sport. He's at that mid level, uh, gatekeeper level, I think. I mean, yeah. maybe he's a little higher than gatekeeper. He might challenge for another title at some point. But he's limited at, against the highest level fighters, yeah. right? Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah. Chicago-born cruiserweight Andrew Tabidi stays undefeated. Tabidi. He's now 16 and 0, 13 knockouts. Hey, at least he got a knockout in that one. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked KO about six before over Latif how Coyote. He, uh, he has no, you know, he's feather fisted. So at least he was able to stop Coyote. Coyote. And I mean, good quality I, win for him. You know, um, the Rings Ratings Committee. We talked yesterday. Um, should we bump him up a notch? And I said, yeah, bump Tabidi up a notch. I thought that was a good quality win for him. I, I think uh, that was a step in the right direction for him. Yeah. Also Friday, from Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena on Showbox, Devin Haney scores a win over Mason Menard, who doesn't come out for the 10th round. He improves to 19-0 with 13 knockouts. Haney was dominant throughout. Uh, as I mentioned, Maynard did not come out for the 10th round. Haney's just 19 years old, turns 20 in November, a top lightweight prospect. Not sure about the power, and I'm not sure about him being promoted by Floyd Mayweather. I, I just don't know, man. I, I, if, if this kid was promoted by top rank the way they know how to build a prospect, I'd feel much better about him. But definitely looks really, really good. Super, super young. Hopefully, we continue to see him built up. All right. Yeah. That's enough with uh, Friday night. Let's get into Saturday night. Over in the Bolton White's Hotel in Bolton, Lancashire, over in the UK, Huey Fury Huey storms Fury. a TKO5 win over Sexy Sam Sexton. Ooh, knockdowns in the fourth and the fifth. Yeah, Sexton gets a ton of sex. Fury improves to 21 and 0. I'll be here. Oh, I'm sorry, 21 and 1. With 11 knockouts, this is his first win since his clear decision loss to Joseph Parker. Can yeah, I stop yeah. hearing that that was a controversial decision? It was. Joseph Parker clearly beat him. Clearly yeah. beat him. And Should have been a unanimous decision, not a majority decision. 
Sexton had won nine in a row against woeful opposition, mostly yeah. six rounders, since a KO4 loss since a KO4 loss to David Price Ooh, in 2012. God. When, yeah, when if David you get knocked Price out by David Price, then is no. cleaning your clock in four rounds, Ooh. that shows you the level he's at. So okay, yeah. Huey Fury stays busy. Is Huey Fury a top ten heavyweight? No. Right? No. You'd say fifteen? I don't even know who's in the top 10 anymore. <laughs> Seriously? It's AJ Wilder and Povekin. I still want Povekin to get in the mix. Povekin uh, will, he'll get a shot at uh, Joshua. But I mean, I, I don't, who cares? Really? Okay. I would, I, You're going to piss look, off a lot of people. I, I the, know the I will. people and are going to be curious. I love the Brits because I want to move there and I want to get with a British woman. And I know people are like, what? Do you want to have sex with cardboard? But I do. <laughs> um, anyway. He wants to have um, sex with cardboard, right? <laughs> he desperately wants to no, make love to a schoolboy. Yes, to a schoolboy. <laughs> I don't know. The Welsh women, that girl in the, in the commercials for that uh, the, the bourbon or whatever it is, the whiskey, even though she's Italian in English and she's not uh, Scottish. And I know the Scottish got all mad. Anyway. <laughs> Tangent. Fury. I would much rather see Tyson Fury come well, yeah. back. Tyson Fury. Well, Even he's supposed I know to be he's coming. Eight thousand pounds overweight. Supposedly, I he's still got would it. Rather see him come back than supposedly uh, he's got it back under twenty stone. We'll see. At this point, though, Huey Fury. I'm just saying top I, I fifteen just heavyweight, but I thought Joseph Parker clearly beat him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know. He can learn from that. He can work his way back in. But right now, I don't even He's see this guy as a top in. 10 He's not going to be able to ride Tyson's name. And, uh, you know, no, I uh, – there. There yeah, you go. That says it all. Yeah. I'm sorry. So crossing over the pond here into the United States, we had two big cards in the state of New York. Let's go to the city of New York. We're at right. Madison Square Garden. It was top rank on ESPN. In the main event, Vasily Lomachenko scores a TKO 10 win over Jorge Linares, becomes the WBA in Ring Magazine lightweight champion. I posted an immediate reaction video uh, with a little bit of just things I saw technically and some, some immediate thoughts right after the fight. Make sure you guys check that out. Loma was down in the sixth. Linares was down in the tenth for the count. Some uh, punch stats. Lomachenko landed 213 of 627 for 34% overall punches. Linares 207 for 739 for 28%. So Linares threw more, Loma threw less but landed more. Loma landed 112 jabs, Linares only 68 jabs. Linares only landed 18% of his jabs, Lomachenko landed 28%. What that tells me is Linares was trying to just keep, use his length to keep Lomachenko off him. Not necessarily trying to land that jab, just keeping it out there to use his length, which I thought he did well early on. Right? He did well with the power shots, though. The power punches, the power there shots, you go. Because I think he was more so trying to really enforce his will on him. You know what I mean? Like, and he had like, some, some like, success I'm bigger with that. than you. I'm going to, you know. Well, Linares landed 139 power punches. Loma only 101. Loma yeah. more accurate with the power punches, 42% to only 38% for Linares. But Linares did get some work done with the power punches. However, I will say... I thought Linares got a lot more credit for blocked, partially landing punches uh, than he really, really landed. I thought Lomachenko did a great job. Everything happened so fast because these yeah. fighters are so are. fast, both of them. Yep. But if you guys watch a replay, find it on YouTube, a lot of those shots were picked off by Lomachenko, or they were glancing that Linares got credit for, yeah. based on what I saw. Both guys went to the body. 
more in this fight than they had averaged in previous bouts coming in. So both guys wanted to make their point. But I predicted Lomachenko by decision in this fight, okay? I didn't think he could hurt Linares. And he, he, there's no way he could hurt Linares upstairs. But it never dawned on me, because Lomachenko, he does throw good body punches when he does mm -hmm. it. Thinking back when he fought Gary Russell, man, he beat yeah. Gary Russell up to the body. I was ringside, and you could hear those shots echoing through StubHub Center. And he went to the body against Linares beautifully in this fight. And that's how he got the stoppage. And I just didn't think, and I, I don't know, I, I didn't hear anybody call a body shot knockout win for Lomachenko. Yeah. Were you surprised at that, man? The, you know, I, I thought it would go uh, 12 rounds, like you said, unanimous you know, decision. Uh, I thought it was going to be a close fight just because, as you said earlier, they're, they're both extremely fast, yeah. skilled guys. And and I'm I'm a fan of Linares. I'm I really too. thought this was going to be a very close fight. Right. Which, I mean, even though um, Lomachenko won more rounds, those rounds were still somewhat close. They were, every they were round all, every was round competitive. Was close. Every, every round was round close. Every round was competitive. Yeah. Uh, Linares is not a bum. And for the people who think that he is for some fucking reason. Well, it's because they hate Lomachenko. Um, so now yeah. suddenly Linares um, is a you know, bum. It's just that, that Lomachenko just beat him. I mean, you know, he fought him at his own game, and I think Linares was not trying to go out there to survive. He wasn't going to just try to jab and win rounds. He wanted to hurt him, and that's why he focused more so on uh, the body and power shots. And well, it just, Lomachenko was just better. What I it's noticed. That, it, I mean, that's it. The first, that's all you can take from it. The first few rounds were close, really, really close. And you really could have went either way with a couple of those first rounds. First for, rounds. For, uh, um, I think I split Linares. the first. I split the first two rounds, but I could see that, right? I got, but yeah, both. But by about the fourth and fifth round, Lomachenko started cruising. Yeah. What was interesting is in the sixth round he was cruising and got too cocky, and walked right into a beautiful right hand counter from Linares. And to be clear, Lomachenko was off balance, and he he just pushed him down. Lomachenko wasn't hurt. But he instantly knew, I can't do what I did to Rigondeaux, Jason Sosa, even Gary Russell and guys like, I can't do what I did to them against this guy. Well, that's my point about Linares. Linares saw, oh, sure, this guy's just walking into me, and he, boom! Right. I, and, like, and, and, he, and if you saw the way he set up, he just threw a pawing bullshit jab. It was just this little bullshit, and then s s straight over with the, with the right hand. So, I mean... Again, it goes to prove that Linares is not a bum for no. all these idiots who keep trying to say that he sucked. Like, he saw what these other people couldn't see or he was capable of doing what they I think simply they saw could it. not do. Yeah. They just weren't capable well, of doing and, and it. Part of that it. part of that is due to the size difference, right? Because he was able to, because other guys tried to do what Linares did. But Loma learned, like, whoa, wait a second. At 135 pounds, these yeah. guys, what, yeah. this guy's too big. And that's when I really saw Lomachenko make the adjustment. He took the rest yeah. of the sixth round off. He moved a lot in the seventh round. But toward the end of the seventh round, he started digging to the body. Yeah. And he'd go upstairs to lift Linares' elbows and then dig under it. Yeah. And he started mixing up shots with uppercuts, splitting the guard. It was beautiful. Yeah. What I liked from Linares, who was no way in hell going to quit in this fight, like the other guys did, like Rigondeaux. He's just he's not cut from that cloth. He got a little chippy in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, where he was hitting low, he was hitting behind the head, he was holding and hitting, he was getting dirty in there to show Lomachenko, dude, you're not gonna just walk all over me like these other guys. Yeah, I respect he, he that. He did some Orlando Salido. I respect that. 
But here's also where we saw the improvement from Lomachenko since the Orlando Salido fight. When Orlando Salido was pulling that shit, who was every bit as big as Linares was in this fight, make no mistake about that, weight-wise, I'm saying, Loma didn't quite know what to do yet. Yeah. It was his second professional fight, people. Yeah. In this fight, he knew what to do with it. And Saw if you can't see that improvement, the fight. those of you who still hang on to that Salido loss, if you cannot see the improvement from that performance to this one, you're just, I'm just going to say it, you're just racist. Get <laughs> over it. The guy is Caucasian, and he's probably the best fighter in the world right now. Get yeah. over it. And he's not the only one. You look at the pound for pound top 10. Gennady Golovkin. Just lost a thousand subscribers Sergei right Col now. But, but look, very well. Look, Terrence Crawford, at the end of last year, I rated Terrence Crawford pound for pound number one. And he's still up there. I mean, Terrence Crawford's yes, damn good. But he's about to fight Jeff Horn. Yeah, okay. he'll beat Jeff Horn. Of course. <laughs> but beating Jeff Horn is not the same thing oh, as beating Jorge Linares. No, no, and Let's no. be fair. Because Jeff Horn clearly fucking lost to Pacquiao. I mean, no, no, I, I see what you're saying. In retrospect, that fight was close. I still feel Pacquiao won, but I can... I watched it a second time, and I still yeah, saw I Pacquiao still, I think I thought Pacquiao I, I won, just too. don't see how Horn but won. But some people are so threatened by Lomachenko because there have been other guys from the Caucasian diaspora, <laughs> whether they're Latin American or from the United States oh, yeah, or you find a way Australia. To, to cut them to a different... But, but, yeah. but they were pound for pound with their power punching. They were brawlers. They, they would knock guys out. Okay, that's how Kovalev got up there. That's how Golovkin got up there. And I get it, guys. Golovkin's a quarter Asian. I get it. He's white. Shut up. For... Good times with guys like Kelly Pavling and Sergio Martinez. Okay, there you were go. There. With Sergio Martinez, well, Sergio did it with with uh, precision and technical skill. And so that's Sergio, why he got man. some hate too. But Canelo's a guy that uses power and weight advantage, yeah. right? So usually, you know, when a white guy, quote unquote, is pound for pound like that, Lomachenko's doing it with a certain level of craft and yeah. footwork that we haven't like seen since. I'm sorry, I know I'm going to get hell for this. It's Mayweather-esque. It's Whitaker-esque. It is. It, it is, guys. It you is. just have to You have to just get over yourselves and admit it. It is. It is. Now, am I saying he's accomplished more than Floyd or Whitaker? No. Hell no. He's not even close. Right now, if he retired, he doesn't even rate close to Floyd, who I don't rate close to Whitaker. Okay? So, from I that perspective, Floyd. no. But from a skill perspective... I say Floyd moved his upper body better than Loma, but Loma has better feet than Floyd ever had. I'm going to go on record and say it right now. I, I, I I'm sorry. See that. see that. And to, to knock out a guy to the body, people talk about Linares got stopped. And I covered Linares's beatdown to Antonio DeMarco, which, by the way, he gave every good as, mm. as much as he got in that fight. It was right down there at Staples. I covered that fight. Bloody war. Yeah. He got beat up upstairs. He's never been knocked out to the body. He's never been hurt or dropped to the body that I can remember. And for a little guy who could make featherweight today, Lomachenko yeah, could make featherweight. He could take a good shit and make featherweight right now. For him to knock out Linares to the body, when is the last time we've seen that? I'm at with your you. first I, I'm fight in you. a new division. I, I'm with you. It, it, like, we're seeing some incredible shit here, people. Yeah. Who cares where the guy's ancestry is from? I know. Just it, it, enjoy it. It is it. funny that certain – because it's no different than the <laughs> – 
And now, I comment on videos, and yeah, you, you see the comments that for some people just can't seem to like him. But, you know, Tank, Tank's going to destroy him. Tank Williams, Tank Williams has outstanding explosive power, but he does not have anywhere near the technical, the footwork, no. the precision, the angles that Lomachenko has. I say make the fight. But look, I understand look, why they don't, because Lomachenko is too much of a star. He has too much power. Floyd much, Mayweather is the best. Like, they need to bring that money up on the other end. Floyd Mayweather is the best matchmaker in modern boxing history. And he knows damn well what would happen if his boy, and it is his boy, it's fought true. Lomachenko. True. What would happen? So he ain't going to make that damn fight. It, it ain't true. happening. It is true. Floyd's a very good matchmaker. All right. So anyway, at this point, I got Lomachenko pound for pound number one. Yeah. Some of the Golovkin yeah, people too. are mad. I Guys, know, the Golovkin, the, the, you got to get over I'll, yourselves. I'll say this one thing about Golovkin. It's not his fault. Yes. You can't blame And I don't blame Golovkin for his opposition. It's just the fact that people are unwilling to fight him. They won't make contracts. And this has been his entire career. And it's a goddamn shame because he's now on the downslide. Like, you don't, as you age, you don't get better. Like, you, he's going down. You could say. he should be fighting people that just refuse to fucking fight him. And you could say the same thing it's, for Terrence Crawford. Now, Terrence Crawford cleaned out 140. That is something Lomachenko did. hasn't done. That is something Golovkin hasn't done yet. So from that perspective, he outrates both of them pound yeah, for pound, yeah. okay? And, and that's why I put I, him pound for pound Lomachenko number one. I have Lomachenko and, and Terrence Crawford up there. I would put uh, you could make Golovkin that argument. Well, three. Now that now fault Golovkin. Now that now that Crawford, just sticking with Crawford real quick. Now that Crawford's at welterweight, politics are going to screw him over Absolutely. the way Golovkin has been screwed over by politics yep. in the middleweight division. You'll see it, look and that's, it's going to be no fault of his own. No. And it, you can't blame Bud for it's it. The people but, in, that, in that weight class right. who they're tied to. Exactly. That's a damn shame. And the people in 140 didn't have those same ties. That's why he was able to make those fights, collect all the belts, unify, and then move on. He's not going to be able to do the same, unfortunately, at 147. And, and I hate that because I wish he could. I'm also going to add this for the people that say, no, 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 Golovkin be, should be number one. He beat Canelo. I get it. Even if he beat – I felt he beat Canelo too. Even if he got that decision yeah, up. I consider this. I was consider there. this. When he fought Daniel Jacobs, a lot of you guys made a big deal about the size difference. Golovkin fighting such a big fighter. And I'm not even talking about the controversy of it. I'm just talking technically, okay? Golovkin fighting a such a bigger fall, fighter who is taller, more naturally stronger, and dropping him and beating him. And what an accomplishment that was. Well, look at what Lomachenko just yeah, did with Linares. It was every bit as impressive as what Golovkin did with Jacobs. And he got the stoppage to the body. Something Golovkin didn't do enough against Jacobs or Canelo. So, guys, I'm sorry. Some of you Triple G fans need yeah. to back up. And I know you're going to unsubscribe for me. Oh, Montero sucks. <laughs> Come on, we still... You'll resubscribe in a month when I make I, a video about Triple G. You guys, stop being so goddamn emotional fickle, and be man. consistent. I know. It, it's like, come I'm on, being, man. You guys know I keep it real. I'm not a Triple G hater, obviously. How? Okay? How could But I'm telling you right possible? now, at this point, Vasil Lomachenko has done more pound for pound. And look, 12 fights in, 
than every other fighter currently actively fighting in boxing. You have to Period. It's not Triple G's fault. Exactly. It's not like Triple G is saying, oh, I don't want to fight these people. No, he wants to fight them. It's just that they won't fight him. If Triple Contracts G... Contracts do work. Management and promotion company, like... If Triple G had his way, he would have already beat guys like Felix Sturm and those guys over in Germany already before he got here. Yep. He would have beat Canelo twice already, yep. right? He would have beat Canelo a week ago. It's not his damn fault. Canelo cheated. It's, it, it's not his fault, but the fact remains, Lomachenko has done more at this point. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Also on this card, Carlos Adamas, a Dominican-born fighter now living in New York, improves to 14-0 with 11 knockouts, gets a unanimous decision over Mexican Alejandro Barrera. Errol Spence TKO'd five Barrera in 2015. So I'm not sure about this Carlos Adamas kid's power. Yeah. Errol Spence, the goods. You knock yeah, out a guy uh, like Spence this. Errol Spence is one of my guys. Oh, Errol Spence is the goods, man. Yeah. You, you give him yeah. three years, Errol Spence is going to be pound for pound number yeah. one. He's just not there yet. Yep. But um, right now, I, I got to say, again, Spence stopped Barrera in five rounds, and I get it. Styles make fights. But Adamas, interesting prospect, but uh, I don't know if he's a blue chipper. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Also on this card, Michael Conlon scores a unanimous decision over uh, Iban Larinaga. Larinaga refused to engage. It was a nauseating fight to watch. Conlon improves to 7-0 with five knockouts. Will fight next in Belfast on June 30th. He's promising his fans that he's going to go for the kill and get a knockout. No doubt Top Rank's going to put a guy in there who will come forward yeah. with him so yeah. he can get a knockout there in front of his fun. fans. Yeah. Also, uh, Tiafimo Lopez approves to 9-0, seven knockouts with a KO-1 win against a pizza boy. Upstate New York. Was he a taxi driver? Oh, you're right. He was a taxi oh, driver. Sorry, yeah, sorry. he I... used to deliver pizza. He got fired for masturbating in uh, front of the bus. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Forgot. Upstate in Verona at Turning Stone Resort in Casino. It was Golden Boy on HBO. In the co-main, Ray Vargas stays undefeated and improves to 32-0 with 22 knockouts with a unanimous decision win over Azat Havanesian, defending his WBC Super Bantamweight title. Uh, he has a few defenses of that title now. Scores were 116-112, 117-111, 118-110. 1 I thought they felt a bit wide, but the right man got the nod, right? Sure. Right yeah. man won. I mean, 16-12, 116-112. Yeah. I could deal with, right? Yeah. I thought the other cards were a little wide. In the main event, Jaime Mangia scores a TKO four over Saddam Ali. Really with the first big shot he landed Oof. in the first round, Ali was done. And I thought Ali's corner, Andre Rozier, could have stopped that that fight two rounds Man, before they, they did. Are they desperate for money? Is I, that <sighs> what happened? Or did they just really believe in that Miguel Cotto hype? Because yeah. look, I'm sorry, I've never been a Saddam Ali fan. I just never have been, never. And I was mad that he beat Cotto because it's like, okay, Cotto's a legend, and you do it you know, when he's 87 years old and he's walking on a cane, and, you know, okay, fine. It's fine, fine I get the it. Passing of the torch, I get it. But, I'm, yeah, he, he stepped up to real, you know, real. Well, Mungia, okay, <laughs> it wins the w, uh, WBO junior middleweight title, improves the 29-0, 25 knockouts. He is massive for this division. I get it, but he, he is, made the weight. That is one thing I'm sorry. Well, yeah. If not, you make the weight legally, by the way, and I don't give a fuck. So that yeah, but I'm not fight at 147. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that gives him a massive advantage. He's, so what? Saddam Ali took the fight. Why? Because his corner wanted the money. 
He is the they Lexington the Steel cock at... of 154. They, they, that is, he is the Danny D cock of 154. Him. They should have canceled that fight or found a better substitution. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, Munguia turns 22 in October. No doubt he's going to be at 160 pounds yeah. soon. There's no yes. way he's going to make this division. And he honestly looks, I mean, granted, he knocked out Saddam Ali, but I mean, he looked halfway decent. I would like to see him. Of course, but yeah. let's see him defend this once, twice before he has to move up. He'll probably go to Mexico for his first the defense is, to do a homecoming. He can make this wait for a f several years. I really do think he'll make I it think, for you several know, fights. Zanford, it's not Golden Boy that promotes him, it's Zanford. Uh, they're going to take him back down to Mexico, probably do a couple defenses, but no doubt, HBO, who's desperate for cheap fighters on regular HBO, yeah. they're going to bring this guy back, right? He will definitely be back on HBO sometime around September, I would think. Um, Ali was down twice in the first round, once in the second, once in the fourth. Munguia was talked about as a possible alternate opponent for Golovkin. Yeah, which God, which would have been, I, I think, in Vegas uh, and everything. And, and the Nevada Commission turned him down. And honestly, it was the best thing that ever could have happened for Munguia. For the worst thing that ever could have happened for Saddam Ali, yeah. who you can't help but feel bad for. A tough break for him. He was set to fight Liam Smith, who who won a mandatory. That would have been a, yeah. It would have been an entertaining kinda, back and forth yeah. fight, but Ali would have won a They're narrow on the decision. Same level. Yeah. He would have won a narrow decision. Ali has more skill and craft than Smith. Smith is arguably the tougher, harder puncher. Yeah, he's probably tougher. And the more but... natural junior middleweight. Yeah. So I think that would have went to distance, but I think Ali would have won a decision, and he would have had another shot to defend that title. Ali's team did a horrible job yeah. no, no, representing no, no. What they, what they him in this whole dollar thing. Signs. Dollar signs. I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, what Ali did too, Ali said Ramadan's starting and he wants to go, you know, take a break or whatever. But this is one of those things in boxing where... Religion. <laughs> some, sometimes... <laughs> I just lost another thousand subscribers Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. Religion doesn't limit anyone's <laughs> life. Um, doesn't hold back anyone's career ever. It didn't this time, but uh, look, look, in all seriousness, this was an example of a guy who just wanted to fight. Yeah. And when Liam Smith pulled out of that fight, Zanford picks up the phone. They have a great working relationship with Golden Boy because they feed Golden Boy stiffs all the time for those ESPN shows and stuff. They'll just pluck a cab driver from Tijuana and say, "Hey, yep, you're three five hundred bucks. Here's a you know, give us your certificate to Shoney's. You're there five you foot go. three and you weigh one eighty. Can you squeeze off five pounds and fight a light heavyweight against this six foot two guy that Golden Boy has? You know that that's what the, all the time for them. So they picked up the phone and said, "Hey, remember when I did a favor for you? Remember, you owe us, remember when I let you fuck remember, my wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now you owe me a favor. So, so uh, that's what this was, and." Ali's team, Andre Rozier, who I've given a lot of credit. I thought he did a great job with Daniel Jacobs in recent fights and some other, against Golovkin notably, but other fighters as well. I thought he did a horrible job in this fight, and I just thought that Ali's representative, somebody should have been like, look, man, we don't know enough about this kid. He's massive. He's got crazy knockout power. He's coming up from Mexico. We don't know what's going on down there in their camp. We don't know what's, what's up. Yeah. Dude. There's, as far as I know, no drug testing for this fight. Uh, the kid's not in the clean boxing program because he's not rated by the BC. Anything goes down there in Mexico, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not casting aspersions at all. I'm just saying if you're Ali's representatives, say, you know what, Zanfer, we're going to look for someone else. You got yeah. the HBO date. 
you got the title defense, find someone else in the BO ratings to fight. They made a mistake here, man. And, and now Ali's done. And as much as I <laughs> wanted to see Ali lose, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah, they, they, they screwed him over big time. So, and it, it was just bad mistakes. I think they were just looking at, like, we'll, we'll get paid. You know, and that's Yeah, it's a payday you know, for that, everybody. That's Look, all it was. The trainer, the like, hangers you gotta, on. You got like, to think about the future, man, because you probably just destroyed several more future paydays. You could have took exactly. less on that night, got the W, and got a couple more before that happened. And also, I mean, that was going to happen. But it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, let's look. Yeah, I mean, Ali is not, not a level. junior middleweight, no. and he's not elite anyway. No. He wasn't no. an elite welterweight. No. So if he fought anybody like like Charlo or one of those guys, it would have been brutal. Yeah. yeah. But all things considered, this does fall on Ali to a degree as well. But when some of you guys talk about you know last second replacement opponents, a lot was made about Golovkin fighting Martirosian. This is about a team taking care of a fighter, looking out for them, thinking about the future, what's on down the line, and a fighter knowing the stakes of all that. You look at Ali and the incredible mistake he and his team made. Terrible decision. It ended yeah. his career, yeah. essentially, at, at any level of making money. Had he beat Liam Smith or found a better replacement opponent and beat him, there's another high six-figure payday for him after that. Take the beatdown against Charlo in a unification fight and get high six figures. Yep. Maybe even, I don't know about seven, but uh, high like, six yeah. figures. Instead, this is what you get, and his career is essentially done at this stage. And now Mungia, who has a title but is really just a prospect, develop him, get some t title defenses, I'd love to see him fight Jared Hurd yeah. or Charlo, but he's not ready for those guys quite yet. Have him defend the title once or twice and then start calling those dudes out. Yeah, absolutely. Had he fought Triple absolutely. G, though, based on what I saw, Triple G would have d destroyed this kid sure. in four or five rounds. Um, he's just not there yet. But a couple more fights, a couple yeah. more years, this kid's going to be scary at middleweight. And I'm telling you, man, middleweight's going to be solid the next three or four yeah, years. Man. Good stuff. All right, guys, that was everything from last week. Let's preview what's coming up for the next two weeks around the world.